If you want more power, better vision, and a bulletproof mindset, then I would like to welcome you to CG Plus, Complete Games Online Player Development Center. Now, baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform. Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Cruz. This is Transcending Sport Podcast. I'm your host. Our guest is Coach Kim Wright. She is the owner of West Coast Softball Academy in Vancouver. Coach Kim, long time no see. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here, Rob. <laughs> so I want to start off. I want to start off because it's been a long time since we've even, you know, had, had a little chit chat. I've been looking forward to this. I mean, we talked a little bit on the phone uh, a, a few months back because we had some some uh, some interest, similar interest with some players and stuff, trying to get them situated with some teams and some pitching coaches and stuff. So um, I wanted to we talked about getting you on the podcast. Finally got you. I'm excited because. Some people just don't realize how how big the game of softball is. We, sometimes we look at softball as in our own little state, our own little region, and then our own little country, <laughs> right? Yeah. But there's a whole big global thing happening with regards to the game of fast pitch softball that's happening worldwide, you know? And um, you're the perfect person to talk to because you've been everywhere. You've been, uh, you, do you have a count of how many countries you've been to? uh one i've been to four four or five countries coaching softball that's that's so italy, italy venezuela dominican republic uh coach greece uh and canada and then you know coached a little bit in the u.s here and there and just having fun that's great that's great stuff so uh tell us uh how'd you get first of all obviously you played i want you to talk if you could a little bit about your playing career and then I, and I want to walk us to where you are now, and then I want to go into some some other stuff too. So, uh. yeah, I started out in a very small town down in uh, Nova Scotia. So softball is very important to me because it kind of saved my life. It kind of okay. got me out of a, a bad situation, like as a child, kind of a dysfunctional situation. Yep. So basically, started there, and s- somehow I gravitated to softball, and it kind of brought me to. I, I played as a kid there and, and basically moved out to British Columbia because of softball. Yeah. Um, a team out here brought me out to play softball, and that was life-changing for me. I was mm. kind of like a little fish in a big pond here. So um, I played a little bit, but, you know, I was an average player. And then, But then coaching 
um, at 22. I went into coaching at 22 out here. Mm -hmm. And my career and life just changed um, pretty much from there. And so I have a, a huge passion for softball just because it, it really did change my life for the better. That's good. So after, you, so after your playing career, how did you, you get into coaching? Uh, I started at 22. So I, my playing career, I had, kind of had a bad coach out here. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go back into coaching. So I started as an assistant coach here. And I remember jumping up and down on the, on the coach one day when they called me and told me I was going to be the assistant to some minor team, <laughs> some mm -hmm. like kids team here. So got excited. And then I started coaching. Uh, the kids and then it just I started to like it more and then I ended up opening my own business of uh, West Coast Softball Academy in 1996 Wow! Um, and so I opened up a training facility here and and did well I worked for the government as well so I was doing double duty yep. in in that job so I was doing that for passion and government work for work and so I got to live my dream in softball and so in 19, I opened up my facility and three years later, Softball Canada asked me to go do some pitching coaching in Venezuela and ended up in Venezuela doing some coaching the pitching and they asked me to be their national team coach, which then started a whole bunch of coaching opportunities. Right, right. And that's, I, yeah. I, that's good. And that, that was your first, you had a couple of different stints with Venezuela, am I right? It was off and yeah. on. Off and on. Yeah, I, um, mm -hmm. yeah. I was there in '99 until 2005. Yeah. Um, and then they they let me go then, and then they hired me back in 2009 when they were holding the World Championships. So mm -hmm. their country was about to hold the World Championships in 2010. So they hired me back in 2009 till 2011. Just due to money and stuff, obviously mm -hmm. hiring outside coaches. Mm -hmm. And then when they were going back, uh, they hired me back uh, 2012 or 2013 for another couple of years. So I off and on with them. That's good. That's good. That's good. So um, and now, now you're currently in in Vancouver at, at the academy. What's it? What's the difference? I mean, so you, it was difficult and because I, I, I started around 98, 99. So I. It wasn't the same. Obviously, there was no social media. Um, so in order for you to be able to gain traction and get the word out and and get the information as, as a softball coach, like to keep yourself on the cutting edge and learning all the new things that were happening in softball and pitching and being able to put yourself and set yourself apart, what was that like? And what were some of the things that you had to do to do that uh, at a time when it was really the Internet was still young? Well, that was, yeah, that was like when I first opened 96 to probably 2005, I was bringing in people like you and, and trying to find um, mm -hmm. the cutting edge instructors to mm -hmm. try to bring them up to, up to Canada to try to help our kids as much as possible. So at that time, it was a lot of clinics with people that I had known and people would come up and help me and staying updated then. And, you know, with the national team, I had a lot of good contacts in that, in that way. Yeah. through the national team coaches mm -hmm. so you know they they offered me a lot of, of help at that time so and then since the internet has come up it's i mean it's it helps a lot but you yes. still got to know the information you're looking at yes yes a lot yes of bad information on there so i mm -hmm. still rely a lot on a lot on my experts and friends in the area to mm -hmm. to help to help my kids and i i mean i'm a big supporter of giving my kids as many different voices as possible to help them um, because I don't think one person can be everything for them. That's so true. I still I still bring in clinicians all the time mm -hmm. just to give them a different 
voice and a different way of looking at things. Yeah, that, I think that's good. I think it's always good. I think it's always good to yeah. consult with people who also don't agree with you. Absolutely. Because then you can learn. Yeah. <laughs> you can learn yeah. some different things, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, rather than only surrounding yourself. Learning. Rather than only surrounding yourself with people who who just agree with you, I mean, it's like, hey, talk to me about about you know how, how you're doing this. I want to I want to get some insight and be open minded. I think that that's also the key. You know, that's, that's been the key for my success is is, my, is me being able to um, is to look at someone else and someone to be doing something that I'm like totally don't understand, especially if they're successful. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of different ways to be successful. Exactly. You know, yeah. um, and it challenges you mm -hmm. as a coach to stay updated because if they come in with a bunch of new information and you, you kind of look like you're left behind, the kids will see that too. So it challenges you to stay updated with with the athletes. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So so how do you so how do you how is it possible? Okay, international softball, the the the, the biggest I guess the biggest event or the thing that has that just kind of draws the most hype. Is usually the Olympics, right? When we think international softball, you, you, the first thing you think of is Olympic softball, the Olympic level, or you know the, the that 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 event, right? But there's more to it. Obviously, they're not. Nobody, you guys aren't just sitting around around the world waiting for the Olympics, and then you get ramped up again. So, what is that culture like being in a country like Canada? And, and to, to, for some of us, you know, we don't even look at really Canada because it's such such a so close to America. It's almost a, yeah. it's almost very similar, but it, but it's not. But it's almost similar, but it's not. What are some of the differences and similarities? Because you've been in the U.S., you've been in the states, you've been in Canada. It's close. You're on the West Coast, so you're really close to what I call the mecca of softball, which is the West Coast. Um, what are what are some of the things that are differences differences and similarities, um, and and what differences do you think how you benefit and what what are some of the similarities that you benefit from as being uh, in Canada? Well, I mean, our, our population of softball community is mm. much, much smaller, right? And so, I mean, for us to be able to come down and play, the American teams helps our game develop up here a lot because we're so close. So we get the chance to come in and play in Seattle or, or LA or whatever, which keeps our kids gives our kids the opportunity to play at that higher level yeah and i think that then it gives them that opportunity to also see the level of play yes because i still feel our level of play is not comparable yet right like we have a, a good national team program but a mm -hmm. lot of those players were developed through the universities um in the u.s yes and so so i think we just got to keep working together to keep moving our programs up here to just keep getting stronger um you know, things like that. And then back into Venezuela, you know, again, their opportunities are very small, mm -hmm. but you know, around the world that yes, they want to go to the Olympics, but a lot of their players actually are getting university educations by just playing the game of softball. So, you know, the Olympics is great, but it's actually impacting a lot of players from Canada and Venezuela to give them opportunities of education Mm -hmm. um, travel and development in different mm -hmm. ways as well. So um, that being the pinnacle, I think the growth of the game and the things that softball offer in the game is, is much bigger than just the Olympics. Right. Um, from a, from a, is men's fast pitch big in Canada? <clears throat> I can't answer this for sure. Um, it used to be, 
we don't have a lot of younger men playing. I know that the the older generation of men were really, really good. Like we used to be world champions and things like that. Like I see that transferring over. I see the men's program in Venezuela getting really, really good because of mm -hmm. major league baseball players come out of there mm -hmm. and come back and play. And I'm not sure the <clears throat> the status of the men's game in Canada right now. I know we still have a national team and I think still very competitive, but we don't have a lot of younger boys playing it. Okay, I got you. Because I, I saw yeah. I, I, um, a lot of the, uh, it seems that a lot of the younger women's baseball is bigger in Canada than it is in the States. Uh, I, I saw, they do a good job. I see that there's a lot of women's baseball and it's popular, like really popular as, as, as in comparison to the United States. Um, right. And how many, how many women's baseball players come over from baseball and then pick up softball and and is it is it a big number and, and, and if so like about what age does that happen? Um, again, I don't know a lot about the baseball program, but I I see a lot of athletes, younger athletes, maybe up to twelve or thirteen, and they develop really nicely in that program. I, I see mm -hmm. a lot of young softball players that come out of the baseball program over to softball, mm -hmm. and they have some really nice skill sets. Mm -hmm. um, so I probably see them transferring over if I do see them around that 13, 14 year old mm -hmm. age because mm -hmm. there's no call. I, I don't think there's college call baseball for women yet, but mm -hmm. the softball opportunities are huge for us mm -hmm. up here still. So, mm -hmm. so I think around that 14, 15 year old, we start to see that the transition of that. And, and I think playing baseball at a younger age has helped a lot of them. So how's the recruiting game work? Because... Obviously, a lot of the, I think a lot of the Canadian young ladies on, on your side of Canada, on the west side, on the west coast, are probably looking at the Washingtons, the Oregons, you know, those, those, those teams that are really close to where the border is, I think. Yeah. Am I accurate? And so, how does, it's got to be a little bit of a challenge with the, on the recruiting side. And how to, and and if, and if so, how does that work? And what is the what what are some of the strategies that you that you that you're employing with get either getting players on 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 teams in the states or getting the Canadian teams in the tournaments in the states so that the that the young ladies can get the exposure that they need to get to become recruitable for uh, NCAA play. Um. So I have a kid, uh, an athlete right now that basically is number three in your country. Um, is being <laughs> recruited by all the all the top schools in your mm -hmm. country mm -hmm. um, on on official visits right now. So what we try to do is for those players that are in that elite level, um, we try to get them on U.S. teams, okay. um, so that they so they get that opportunity of being seen by by the college coaches that we're trying to get seen by. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's helped us a lot because mm -hmm. we put uh, we put Morgan on the Georgia Impact, which really helped her yep. become. Um, nobody knew who she was because it was just before COVID, and yep. after COVID, we got her, nobody knew her name in the U.S. So once we got her into there, everybody started knowing who she was, and her rankings went from zero to or not even knowing who <laughs> I, she was to number three, number three in the, top, in the top twenty-four. Exactly. So, Mm -hmm. So, so that was a start for us to under, mm -hmm. start to understand how to do some of these things. Yep. So, 
I see, I see that in the future is like, you know, the top 5%, 10%, we start help like playing with their teams here, but getting them on schools down or teams down there to help be seen more. Mm-hmm. And then, and then basically then our coaches do a really nice job here um, of getting the other kids into tournaments in California and into Florida and stuff to try to get that other 10% in the middle yep. into schools that they, where, where they should be going. So, so we've been trying to work together as a, as a, a group here to really highlight our top 10% of, for those schools and then our middle middle to get them into the schools, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know, the mid majors, yep. you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, cause, so it is a bit of a challenge, but we, we do our best to get our key and we've been doing pretty good. We've got a kid in, I think Oregon state with uh, Grace Mesner. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and then, you know, we've had Danielle and Jen and all those guys get mm-hmm. to good schools. So seems to be working now. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's, it's yeah. coming. It's becoming that, uh, this global thing, and, and I think, and, and this is why I, I think it's important that people get to hear people like you talk about the game because I, I, I feel like we don't talk about the global game enough until it's Olympic time. But there's a whole yeah. process that's happening of development: 12U, 10U, 14U, 16U, 18U. Travel ball, getting to you got to get them. You got to get. A, I don't know. I don't know how it works. But you got to get a. Obviously, to have the passport, or and then you got to get. <laughs> it's probably a lot of channels. Probably a lot of different things that have to happen to get just to get a kid in and out of the country, you know, in and out of going across the borders and things like that. It's probably a lot of different things that have to happen in terms of paperwork, and it, it's got to be tough with international flight. It's got to be exhausting. Yeah, I think the parents who are like it's a lot of money for the parents. Like yep. again, because we're we're traveling, I think yep. it's a lot of money for the parents. It's yep. a lot of commitment. It's yep. a lot. Of, we it, it's interesting because a lot of the college coaches ask me because we have a short season up here, and yep. so we we do more training than playing, and I think that actually benefits our younger athletes. So we'll train from October through till March, right, and then just and then basically then they'll play their you know, from March till end of August. Mm-hmm. So they're only playing probably 80 to 100 games, maybe. That's That might be high, maybe 50 to 80 games. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're younger, that 10U, 11U, or like 12Us, up to 14, they're, they're, not, they're not playing too much, and they're getting a lot of training before those games. So I feel like that's helped our development up here yeah. in, in the pitching side of it. I can see that. I actually wish we did more. I, I wish we had a similar model here. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we trained more than we did uh, yeah. because some of the skills, it's such a skilled sport and yes. the skills have to be developed and coached and trained. I, I just feel like they just, you know, athleticism is one thing, but then the skill part is, 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 is also another thing. I know, I know, you know, you know, Mike Andre, no, not Mike Andre, you know, mm-hmm. Mike Stiff over at um, the Batbusters, they took two weeks off just to practice. Yes, and then he turns around and wins the wins the alliance tournament. Like, just got to practice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you well, just don't. And and, yeah, and the little kids, like they're ten U's and twelve U's, and they go yeah. out and they pitch four or five games, and they just have bad habits, and then they don't even get any practice time in. And it's yeah. like, so there's no risk free time for them. So, do, so do you find that because um, because softball is not Canada's national sport, is it? For, no, for, hockey. For, for, hockey definitely is. Yeah. Uh, do you find what what is are the, are the players playing other sports in the off season, or are they just are they just 
training for softball I, and then playing, or are they going to other sports and then coming back? Or how's that work? For the most part, um, I highly encourage kids to play all sports because mm-hmm. basically, I just want athletes. So, <laughs> yeah. right? I just I want so up here, a lot of our kids play volleyball and basketball and soccer and stuff. So. A lot of the kids I coach are multi-sport athletes, and I highly encourage it. And most coaches here highly encourage it. There's some that don't, but mm-hmm. um, as, as as an overall thing, we try it because an athlete's an athlete's an athlete. So, yeah. you know, and then once they get to be around 14, 15, 16, then they can specialize in their sport, mm-hmm. right? How, how important has it been for some of the athletes in the past that have, uh, that have, I'm sorry, how, how important has it been for some of the athletes that have played at the collegiate level in the States, played at the Olympic level, in, you know, after their collegiate careers or even during their collegiate careers to come back and give back and, and teach and run clinics and run camps and who have, who have been some of those influential players that have been able to do that and help, help the game grow in, in Canada? Uh, well, in our area, we, we had two great ones, right? Daniel Laurie and Jen yep. Salling. Just, oh, yeah, Jen yeah, Lauren Bay, Lauren Bay, right? We, we've had a lot of good players come out of BC, and if I'm missing anybody, I'm sorry. But, I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, like, I have, like, just, just those guys, their presence um, and their name and their popularity really give hope to a lot of my younger athletes, right? Because they all know who they are. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then we have um, our head coach, Kaylee Rafter, you know, a great, it's going to be great for our program working mm-hmm. in Florida State. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got some really good role models in our mm-hmm. in our game in Canada for mm-hmm. our younger athletes to look for at and to mm-hmm. think. And they, I, I don't know about the clinics. I know I think Jen runs some clinics here when she's up here mm-hmm. and, Danielle's just down in Seattle, so I think the opportunity for kids to see her is, is possible. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's very important. It's very important. That's good stuff. That's good. That's great. Um, so, so now you 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 do all this international. You had you had you were with, you were in Greece. You were in Italy. Um, obviously, the culture of the country, the culture of the people have an influence on how they approach the game in a sense. Yes. So you've, you've had an opportunity and, and I noticed this just, just in the States. Like when I'm, when I'm in America, there's a significant, there's a big difference between how softball is approached in New Jersey. And there's a huge difference in how softball is approached in the state of Connecticut. Correct. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. And then I, so obviously, and we're talking about within the same, we're talking about like, Two, a two-hour, two-hour distance. So I can only imagine Greece, Italy, Venezuela, Canada, you know, America. So <laughs> I, I, I'm like eager to hear what are some of the differences in the way the game is approached. Because you have to. What, make, what makes you, you, you're, the position that you're in is unique. Is that because you've seen different parts of the world and how they approach the game, you, and you got to coach them. You got to go in and you got to like. Kind of learn a culture before you can even coach, in a, in a sense. Yeah, and the language. That, 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 <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the yes, and the, so that's gotta be that's crazy. So I want to I want to hear I want to hear some of the things, stories, or just thoughts, or just how was that? Well, my greatest experience has been Venezuela, and I, I'm not going to lie. 
going into Venezuela and teaching there was the, the greatest experience of my life in softball for many different reasons. But so you go there and at the time I arrived in Venezuela, which is 1999, the women's program was not really seen, right? Mm -hmm. It was like they were just, the men were everything and they were kind of just, um, you know, they were just a bunch of women playing softball. And I had slingshotters. I had 40 year old women slingshotters on the <laughs> national program, but, <laughs> and, and they gave me the job of cutting them. So it was a little bit tougher, but mm -hmm. the things I noticed was in, so Venezuela is we're overtrained in North America. Like everything is just overtrained. There's so much overtraining where you went to Venezuela, they were hitting with sticks. The kids were just out on the playground mm -hmm. playing with unstructured, unstructured play. And the Venezuelans, and we all know in baseball or whatever, they have hands of gold. And, and Tell me about nobody, it. <laughs> they have hands of gold. They have hands of gold, right? They, they, could, they could transfer a ball between their legs and throw it before a lot of, at that time, my Canadian kids could pick it up and throw it, mm -hmm. right? And it was just hands of gold. They, and it was fascinating to see how skilled they were without all this training. Because, you know, the training helps. So once we got into the higher levels again, the training helped. But as the younger athletes, it was just nice to see them, you know, they were hitting with sticks and they're hitting rocks and, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that was really cool mm -hmm. to see that kind of thing. And they played for love. Um, their passion of the game is second to none that I've ever met, right? Like they just play because it's their national sport baseball is their national sport mm -hmm. and then basically they developed went to the olympics the, the president fell in love with the team and basically you know they're, now they're national heroes and yep. and and i think the greatest part for me was two kids were going to university when i arrived there and then basically the whole team went to university in the states and they, they all got jobs and, and careers and stuff like that so that was venezuela um but, but, before you, before you go to Italy and Greece, yeah. I want to I want to ask you something. Um, yeah. So and I'm gonna I'm make a comment too. When we play, you know, we had, we had an opportunity to play against Venezuela when our coast of pride. Yep. That's the first time we met, and I was in awe at the infielders. <laughs> I was I was like I've never seen male or female. I've never seen in person hands on infielders like that it was the most well, I, I couldn't stop yeah. watching them i just like you know how you have the infield warm-up i was just watching i'm like this is <laughs> yeah well i had ruby alicart which yes 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 now. ruby um, yeah yeah well, she's my favorite ruby came to live with me when she was 14 her and mary angie so when wow. i first went to Venezuela, mary angie and your ruby actually ended up I don't know how their parents sent them, but they sent them to live with me and they survived. So it was good. Wow. So we brought them up and basically they trained here in Canada for a year. And I knew they were going to be stars from the, the day I saw them. Like they were 13 years old and 14 years old when I met them in Venezuela. And Ruby's, Ruby's one of my favorites. Just, Ruby's yeah, one of my favorites. Um, she, she, I love the way she played the game. Oh, And we still keep in touch. We still keep in touch through, uh, it's, through, uh, through IG. Yeah, she's... She, she was, she, she's one of those players that's just magical, like Matt. And she was magical from 13 years old, like wow. the things that she could do. She won the Canada Cup because I started to bring the kids up to Canada Cup. 
she won the Canada Cup batting title. Again, that was U.S. was there, Australia was there. Um, Susie Brasny was the ca- the catcher calling against this kid, mm-hmm. and she won the batting title at 15 years old at the Canada Cup against the, the national teams. Yeah, and she, she was just she was just outstanding. And wow. I mean, and so were a lot of the kids. Like mm-hmm. the, um, a lot of those players were really they have the best hands. Yeah, they were ever. good. They were they were they were yeah. just good. And then I, I, another yeah. comment I wanted to make about the Venezuelan team. And I don't know if I don't know who told me this. Did Miguel because you know Miguel Cabrera is from Venezuela? Yeah, the yes. yes. Now, it, is it true that his mom played softball? That I don't know. That I heard I, I heard that his mom played short for the for the Venezuelan national team years years ago. Probably before probably before my time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't have been good if I would have had to cut her. <laughs> I know, right? No. <laughs> Miggy's mom? <laughs> no yeah, way. I, I was called the, yeah, yeah, I was called the so, hit, hit, so from what I understand, from what I understand, and I, I have to verify this, but and I, I don't know where I heard it, that his mom played shortstop and she was a big influence on him as a baseball player because of her skill set of defensively and offensively. Yeah. And, so, I and softball. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, like when so. you go to the, the, all the little kids, like mm-hmm. so when, when, when I mm-hmm. show up at the park, they have school for baseball. So at one o'clock, there's these little boys and like they're knee high <laughs> to a grasshopper and they're all out there playing baseball like, <laughs> one in the afternoon. And it's like, it's just what the country does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what it, it just, it's, it's amazing to watch the love mm-hmm. of the sport there. Like so it's, that, what, it's what, what, really Fun. So what was China like? I didn't go to China. Uh, uh, not China. Uh, what was Greece? Go, what was Greece? Well, it was it's Greece and Italy, right? It's next Greece, came, yeah. Greece yeah. came here. Greece came here. So I worked yeah. with the Greece national team here mm. with uh, Jim, Jimmy Kalaitis. So Jimmy, okay. okay. Yeah, Jimmy was the head coach, and he asked me to help him with the Greece national team. Mm-hmm. Um, just different. It, I mean, their their funding is different. They they. They're more funded privately by a person than the mm-hmm. government. Mm-hmm. So in Venezuela, the government took over and funded the, the national team. Um, so they, 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 and a lot of their players, because softball is not a very big sport in Greece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their players were actually American Greece citizens. So okay, right, kind of right. a, yeah, that way. Okay, but again, they're trying to get you know into the national. I think Tony's over there now. So Tony and Sham McDonald are overrunning the Greece national team okay, now. Good. So, good. yeah, yeah. So and then you went to Italy. I was in Italy in the pro league, so mm-hmm. I was working with the pro league in Neuro. So that mm-hmm. was a great living on an island in in Italy as a job. Um, <laughs> it, it was good, and again, it's just the uh, European softball is. Again, it's not the same passion and love that mm-hmm. the Latins have or the Americans have, mm-hmm. but they're 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 improving. Like they're mm-hmm. bringing a lot more instructors in and trying to grow the game over there as well. So I see that uh, Ven- um, uh, Italy and Spain and those guys are bringing a lot of Venezuelans in actually for their pro leagues now. Okay. So so the level of play I think will come up, and then that will probably help some of the younger ones get that pace of play a little bit yeah. more so that was a great experience you know it's again there's after college there's opportunity for the athletes to go 
travel a bit and play in those countries. You know, like Italy has a pro league. Netherlands, I think, has a pro league. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was asked. That, I was asked I, right before COVID. I was asked to go and and help in a pro league over there. And COVID happened, so I missed out on that opportunity. But you know, it, maybe again will happen. But so there's lots of Germany has a pro league. So so for athletes after college that don't move into the the Olympic programs, um, there's opportunities to see the world through some of these pro leagues in softball. It, it seems like when you go to the European countries, they're, they're creating more opportunities for professional female athletes. Yes. Um, and I'm imagining, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they're actually paying them enough money that they can like maybe maybe live. Uh, they can live. It's not going to be a career, <laughs> Excuse career <me>. maker. <laughs> so right, um, right. They, you know, but again, when you're just coming out of college and you want to live in Italy for four or five months, you know, they give you a place to live. They give you a car. Um, you, you play softball. You get a chance to travel around. So, you know, it's 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 doable. It's it's not going to be a career choice over there. So you have had the opportunity to compete against Japan. Mm-hmm. And my mentor, my longtime mentor, who's still my mentor, and every time I talk to him, I, I feel really dumb when I, walk, when I get it from the table. <laughs> um, he played Japanese professional baseball. And um, the Japanese, uh, culturally, the way they approach everything, not just sports, <laughs> is a lot different than the most of the world. Uh-huh. Um, what's your take on their sustained dominance? Like, what, what, what's, what's your take on that? Uh, and they do things uh, so much differently. Like, what do you, and I think, and they're not going to have the kind of athletes, and, and they're not going to have the kind of athletes that can, like, dunk, a, but like, they're not going to have, like, these dunkers and these speed, like, they, they just, what is it? What do you think it, what do you think it is? From what I've seen over the years, I mean, their work ethic is, they just outwork everybody. I think, I, you know, they're training six, seven, eight hours a day. And our athletes would just break down in that system, pretty much. Um, they, they, again, they're they're so crisp. Like when they don't they don't make mistakes. Like a lot of times, like everything is so well well drilled and um, executed. Like their execution is second to none in the game. They don't try to hit the big home runs all the time. Their their approach is always, if you get out, you move a runner up sixty feet. Right, and I feel like they are just very much team-based, a more team-based philosophy than individual-based philosophies. Right, like where the one person's trying to be the star, they just really work as a unit better than anybody in the world. And uh, I love watching them; like they they are special, and you know, and they keep their for such a small country, they keep producing baseball and softball. Mm-hmm. Some really amazing athletes, right? Like, you know, Weno and Ichiro and doesn't matter. The baseball pitchers coming out of there and they seem to be doing a lot of things right that I think I feel like I want to get over there and learn. Me right? too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's interesting. And, and, um, and I asked that because 
I, I wonder, you know, there's there's this evolution, and then there's there's stagnation. There's 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 you, you can get to a point where you can think that you are have reached this level, but there's always another level. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if nothing else, um, we, you know, countries like Japan should be pushing it the rest of the world. It should push us and the rest of the world to want to be more, to just want to be better, to want to be more uh, intuitive and, and more uh, cerebral and more, and work harder and, and have be more focused and be more diligent. And I think that, I think you're right. I think you're right. You hit it on the nose with in terms of like what, what they do well. What they do well is what they do well. And if you stay in what you do well, I think, I think you can just obviously do well. Yeah. And then they also hire, they also hire anything that could be a possible, you know, um, what's the word? I don't want to use the thing, but so they, if they're going to go to the Olympics, they hire the pitchers they're going to face to go to the Olympics. So they go over there and pitch against their kids for three or four months, right? So anybody that possibly they could shut them down, they hire them and and it's good for the game, but I mean, they, they give themselves the best chance to win too through their intelligence, right? So, you know, when, when back in the day when Lisa was pitching and those guys, I mean, she was a force. Oh, you know, yeah. they would bring, they, they would. <laughs> so if, you're, if your players get to see those best pitchers in the world all the time, your hitters yeah. get better. Yeah. And they get better timing and rhythm with those pitchers so that when the Olympic game is on, they're, they're prepared. Yeah, that's pretty smart. That's pretty yeah. smart. So, so now, all this time, you are doing the academy off and on during this time or... What? How, how, how was the how was the academy thriving? Academy's what, doing really well. So what, what, I retired what, what, from the while you were but while you were coaching, the academy was still going on. <laughs> yeah, I ran a full time government job. I ran my academy, and my government job allowed me to go off and coach national teams. So um, at that time, it was that was a little bit of a challenge, but. Yeah. Uh, I left in the summer months a lot, so it was never really during the winter months, so I could train the athletes in the winter months. And then come May or June, I would leave till September and then come back and carry on with my government job and the, and the athletes. So I, I did a lot of, uh, you know, working around things at that time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> and so people... People were patient with me enough to, to stay with me at that you know, time. It's, it's funny. Sometimes I look at my schedule, like when I look at my my schedule and like, okay, where I have to be. I, I, I'm looking at, the, I'm like, okay, I got to be here. I got to be here. I got to be here. Rob, you can't, you can't do this. Somehow I do it every, every year, but I'm like, I, I, I always remember myself saying, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. And then I'm like, how did I do that? How did I get through that? Like, you know, but you get through it. So yeah. now the academy, like, what's the culture like in, in, in the West Coast Softball Academy? What's that like? Uh, how, you know, t- t- describe it to us. Uh, is it big place, small place? Uh, a oh, lot of pitching, less pitching. Is it baseball and softball? Is it softball only? Well, West Coast Softball Academy, so I'm assuming it's softball only. Um, is it weight training going on? Like, t- what are some of the things? What's going on in there? So I, I kind of uh, downsized. So yep. I used to do everything. I had a bigger 5,000 square facility, uh, foot facility 
Um, I downsize. I'm just in a small lane now. I just do the pitching part. So um, I used to have eight employees. Now I just, it's just me. So I retired from the government a couple years ago. Um, so I basically just do four days a week. I just do the pitching part of it up here. Um, run some clinics for my kids on the weekends, um, bringing in catching, bringing in pitching, just for support of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I would say it's a small, for on my size, it's a small place. Like I, I think I have about 50 pitchers a week and I'm happy, um, but it's fun. And you know what, it's, it's giving the kids that love the game an opportunity to learn and just kind of, you know, it, it it's a, it's a positive environment for all of them. And we just keep training and, and, keep watching how they develop over the next three, four, five years. You've seen pitching evolve. You've seen fast pitch evolve all through the years. Yeah. You've probably seen two cycles, maybe more. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I, just so you know out there, everybody, there's, there are cycles. <laughs> and when you're doing <laughs> something long enough, you will see the cycle go. And so that's what, that's how we always know what's getting ready to happen because we know that it's a cycle. It's going to, it's going to come back around. Right. So yeah. what are some of the things that you have seen? What are some of the things that we're, we're, that we're faced with now in 2022 uh, that are like starkly different than what we've, we've come, where we come from? But for better or for worse or both, you know, both, if you, if you will. Well, for better, um, I've seen a lot more movement experts um, start to take an interest in our sport, right? So like running coaches and, and strength coaches and, um, just people there, not even in softball, which is, I feel good for our game because it's fresh eyes to just mm-hmm. give us a movement perspective, right? Because I think we got stale and we, you know, we just used to do things that we used to do. And right, but what we heard as a coach, we used to teach the same thing, but it's progressed so much now that, you know, the knowledge is there to actually mm-hmm. help the athletes. I, I feel like the athletes today have a a much better chance of being greater um, just through the knowledge coming through from many different sources. Mm-hmm. Um, strength training is becoming a big part now up here. Like, you know, back in the day when the kids, you know, not many kids went to the gym and mm-hmm. added strength components to their thing. Um, people are a little bit more open to the mental training side of it, yep. right? Which I think is a huge part of it. And so at at the international level, um, that's the difference between being on a national team and not being on a national team. The Hmm. skill level is always the same. It's the the ability to be able to handle that pressure and to be able to mentally work through that is the difference between who makes it and who doesn't. Hmm. So so I see the game is changing a lot in that way and um, kind of things like that. But... um, but I also see there's a lot of, a lot, there's too many games and not enough training now. I think, you know, because the tournaments make big money and, and kids are just being played and a lot of them are just burnt out by the time they're 18. Where yeah. I didn't see that, you know, 20 years ago. You know? <laughs> no, you didn't, you didn't see that. I, I, think, I think people are burnt out and they don't even know that. They, they don't even know they are. Yeah. They're just, yeah. Walk, they're just going, going through seasons like zombies. Yeah, and they're just like their eyes were just like something like they had their eyes had not blinked in months. Yeah, and they're just like going through it, the motions of it, and yeah. and it, it's gonna it would it would take a really really uh, 
and someone who who would be able to have this a really really uh, I guess insightful parent to say okay I'm going to shut my kid down for a fall yeah. Yeah. because she still has a whole three fourths of her life to live <laughs> after her softball career. Correct. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, that's, yeah. that's one of our parts. We shut mm-hmm. our pitchers down. Like I won't train with them pretty much September, October. Right. Like, like I was gone all summer, but you know, a lot of times I'll just shut them down for a month or two and just go be a kid. Right. Don't, don't worry about, don't worry about the game right now. Just go be a kid. Right. And we forget that part. And I think that's what I hope one day for that. We, we learn to love the game, just to play the game like Venezuela. Like that's what I hope to give the, to the athletes here is that like when I was there is it's just pure love. Right, they play out of pure love. Nobody's forcing them; they're just all there, and that's that's what I hope that, in in my coaching, I can keep helping for them to feel here. And that's that, and that's one to grow on. And I think I think we have to love, right? So yeah, yeah, true love, and not just there's so many other reasons why people would, would want to play, and then. No, it's not. A, I, don't think, I don't think it's as, as, as gratifying. No. I don't think it's as gratifying. When, so, when you coach athletes that truly, truly love the game, it's yeah. life changing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, yeah. And then the ones that you know just are there because they feel like they have to be there. It's just a different vibe, right? And so when you play, I mean, that's why I love the game still today is because of the Venezuelans. Like their the, wow. their passion and love is just mm-hmm. it's it's life changing and. Mm-hmm. I hope that every athlete would get feel that one day. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you had the you had the international play. You got the no, you had the no, you had the, the academy. So on the pitching side, to, are, are you employing any technology over? At, at, are, are you using, utilizing any technology or? Yeah, we're um, we got rap soda. Uh, yeah, rap soda. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't got. I haven't got to the uh, what's the 4D motion yet. Not yet. We're a small, you, business. We're a small you, business. We got to be able to afford it. So. You'll, you'll get there. But, you'll get there though. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. So I mean, I know about all the technology. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, support it 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So how are you? Using, how has how has Rapsodo transformed you as a coach? And in turn, um, and in turn. Benefited, benefited your athletes? It definitely gives me the data that I'm looking for, the things that I couldn't see with my eye and stuff. And, and again, when, when the athletes can see their spin rates or, or their speeds or just, you know, the things that it supplies them, um, my best athletes are in love with that thing. And it just <laughs> keeps it right. And, and it, it has helped them. Mm-hmm. So, and just being that information sent to them and they can see their numbers and always being able to improve on their numbers, like live data, mm-hmm. um, really, really helps them. How often do you, do you break out that something like that? How often do you break that out of the box? <laughs> um, I, I, I let them get into the season a little bit and then, mm-hmm. or not the season, but our training thing. So I'll mm-hmm. probably break that out once or twice a month. Yeah. Well, right? Okay. That's, that's some a lot. Ath- some, some athletes. Yeah. Some athletes want it like every week just for 10 or 15 minutes, 
Okay. So my bet, my better, my so you, better, better athlete. Yeah, they want they you, want that data. So you're using it as a training tool, not just an evaluation tool. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that. See, you got two. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you brought you said that because when you said twice a month, that's more than a lot of people are breaking out in a year. Just so you know. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Really, really, because I think some people are using it as, and it's fine. I I think everybody's different. But I think as a true development person who's like really like all about development, 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 you're going to want to you're going to want to have that constant feedback just to make sure that that player has that spin rate on that particular pitch. Because then, you know, that if she's hitting it, hitting the spot, hitting the spin rate for that pitch in that location and that velo, then she's where she needs to be mechanically. And if she's yep. not, then you got to go look at well, why. Yep. And I think you could also and get I, it. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. And I was going to say, go you ahead. could also get a sense of fatigue as well. Yes. So, you know so what I mean? Start, like We shut yeah. the speed down after 15 pitches. So yep. we'll do 15 pitches on just the velo. And then after, and if it drops by, I think, 2% or something, we just... We just shut it down. So we'll, then the velo doesn't matter. And then basically it's then just the spin rate we're looking at and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And when I was away in the summer and um, I, I sent the machine home actually with my best app, my, my pitcher who, who basically, you know, that's important to her. And so I just sent the machine home with her so she yeah. could have that data for herself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, so, and then you have, you have the other coaches who will do it like for, as an assessment tool. Like I'm going to bring it out three times, a year, uh, four times a year quarterly just to see if what, we're, if, we're, if what we're doing, how it's affecting you. Okay, here's what we got this quarter. Here's what we got that quarter. Here's what we got that. And it's four times a year, which is good too. Or a college program might bring it out when the kids get home from the summer. When they get back, when they get back in January, you know, just to kind of let's see where we are, and then they'll yeah. have their baseline. So if God forbid someone ever gets hurt, you will never have to guess if they're ready to return to play. You always know what to go back to. You always know where they yeah. need to be. You know, and I think that, that those are good strategies to employ. But I think a lot of people struggle. So how long have you been? How long have you had Repsoda? Uh, three years. Oh yeah, so three or four years. Oh yeah, so yeah, so you're you're, you're yeah. familiar with it. It's like, and, and sometimes yeah. it takes it takes a while, and I always encourage people to like, hey, just learn to just just stay with two things for for a while. Yeah. And then yeah. after our, a while, add our, a third our, thing. Yeah, and again, <clears throat> it, it's not for every athlete. It's you know, like it it sometimes you have to, like the younger athletes is not as important as my older athletes that are needing that feedback. So, right, right. You know. <laughs> so yeah. it's funny because it's funny last night I had a player, um, it was their first time in. And when somebody's in for the first time, I usually do some type of evaluation and get some type of numbers, right? So we did, we did some diamond kinetic swing tracker stuff and she wanted to see it. And I was like, eh, this, is, this is just for me. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. don't worry about it. Well, was it good? I mean, it, it can't be good. It can't be bad. It's just where you are. Yeah, exactly. There's no good and bad because then you start getting into, well, her numbers are higher than my numbers. That doesn't that doesn't mean that that's better. No, you know, nope. <laughs> so, you are where you're at. You, you are where you are, are right? The job you are you are where you're at, and our job is to improve on that. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, what's next? What, what, what's what you got coming up down the pipe uh, for West Coast for Ke- for Coach Kim Wright and and uh, what's going on? Um. Well, I'm excited to have my first Power Five pitcher go somewhere. I'm not sure where she's going yet, but I'm excited to. Yeah, she goes um, somewhere. Power Five. That kid is special. Power, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm excited to have my like a first student to get there and go and watch her. Um, play a lot in the next three or four years. Yep. Um, I'm excited to develop some more of those um, pitchers in mm-hmm. the in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like re- being retired, I've taken up golf. So Have I'm you? excited to get my. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be using the video technology on myself <laughs> to help me with my golf game. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, a little bit more work-life balance, um, I think, mm-hmm. so that I can stay fresh for my athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just just continuing on the path of, um, I, I truly believe that I need to stay updated and have knowledge fed to, not fed to me, but I need knowledge to stay alive in this game. So just out searching and talking the game with people like yourself and many of the coaches in the game mm-hmm. that gives me energy to then go back and have energy for my athletes so you know just continuing to grow i think is really important for me and that's that's the mark of a master coach yeah you know the master I, teacher is always seeking to grow yeah you i know? never want to stop yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's the master mark right there and i think um who we who we who we feed off of i think i, I i'm the same way i have certain individuals that i like to talk to on an ongoing basis that 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 you know the whole iron sharpens iron thing yeah you know that, that's that, yeah. that's important to me as well that energy i need that <laughs> totally and it, and it could that. be the young the young the younger pitching coaches and the older pitching coaches i think there's knowledge in everybody and, absolutely and the, and the day we stop trying to learn is is we only just do a disservice to our athletes so for mm-hmm. me it's like the more I grow, like I'm older, the more I get the opportunity to grow, it's better for my athletes and I, I it keeps me alive and well for them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Are, are you going to be, um, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you going to come to, uh, you know, having a convention this year in San Antonio? Are you going to make that trip? Uh, is that in December? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, if you're maybe. there, I will, we will definitely uh, have a glass of water together or something. Well, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back in the New York area in October long weekend. So, so before that, then we could do something. So, what, yeah. When? When? What, what long uh, weekend? I'm back uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, November. I'm going to be up back in the Philly, New York area in the. In November, you mean? Okay. So yeah, maybe if I, we get together around then. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll figure something and out. And I yeah. look forward to possibly uh, getting you to come. Oh, I'm coming. I, I'm working on on, on, <laughs> on all that other stuff, and then we're going to get there. We gotta, we gotta get, I, wasn't there something? Wasn't there like some kind of like gigantic indoor water park in the mall or something in in, in, in uh, well, over that's there? In Edmonton. Yeah. How and far is Edmonton? How far is Edmonton it's from cold over there? It's cold. Yeah, that, that's Twelve dollars. <laughs> I forget it. Though. Forget <laughs> it. We'll, we'll 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 take you up to Whistler and put put you on an inner tube down a mountain. <laughs> oh God! I got life insurance. I got I got to beef up my life insurance. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> All right, so if my people that are out here listening to this podcast would like to follow you, uh, reach out, shoot you an email, uh, stalk you, you know, how, how, would they, how, how would they go about doing that? How would they, how would they get in touch? 
Uh, Instagram is West Coast Softball. I think it's West Coast underscore softball underscore um, or Coach Kim at telus.net. Okay. Is my email. That's, 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 mm-hmm. that's the uh, email. And yeah. you, you just Instagram or you got any Twitter thing going on or what? Uh, Not yet. I have, a, I have a Twitter. No, I have a Twitter because my players <laughs> tagged it. I think it's at, at Coach Kim 55. Uh, okay, <laughs> at, Kim Coach, at Coach Kim fifty five. Yeah, I'm not that. You know, it's all right because when I, when I when I when I post this uh, when I post this podcast to the to the to the internet, um, yeah. I'm going to tag you on all your channels, okay. and then you could just retweet it, and then my people will know how to find you just based on that. And I'm also going to have your contact information in the show notes as well. So anybody okay. out there, you don't have to worry about writing it down as as you're listening. Just go ahead and go into the show notes. You can click on the link and follow her right from your phones or whatever whatever device you're listening to. We're going to be broadcasting this on Spotify in video form, as well as audio form, and Apple Podcasts. And however you consume your podcast, you, they can find the podcast. Nice. All right, and I will let you know obviously when it's when it's when it's uh, when it's live, so you can check it out and see how you sound on the airwaves. <laughs> I'm a little worried. <laughs> Coach, this has been a long time coming. And I'm so glad we had we found the time to do it. And I'm looking forward to our, us doing another one as well. And I'm also nice. looking forward to seeing you in person as well. So, um, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, we will catch up soon. It's been nice to reconnect with you, Rob. You've always been one of my All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Rob. All right. So I just ended the recording. So that's, that's uh, doing How what it does. That? I think it was great. I think I think it was okay. a great. Um, <clears throat> if great. not, we can do it again. <laughs> nah, this this. I mean, we could do it again too. But like, I, I thought it was, yeah. I thought I thought I thought we mission accomplished. You know, we got. I, I you know, it, it seemed like it was more like an interview because I guess because I wanted there were so many things that I wanted to know that I didn't know. You know, yeah. but, but I do want to I do want to have you back because I do, I want to go into like some 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 of your teaching techniques and it, it, whatever you're comfortable with sharing in terms of like spin how you you know what, what are you prioritizing velocity and spin there's certain things i like to ask pitching coaches um specifically when i have them on the show but yeah i've seen th- your i've seen your rick, i follow rick too i talk to rick quite a bit and i like his work as well yeah he, he's 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 on the tech side especially he has a lot yeah. of data yes so <clears throat> over the years so in, in terms of like pitchers that are this height this age pitchers that have this type of a uh, wingspan from thumb to pinky pitches with this length of arm you know yeah he has yeah, he, ha- he has he has a lot of data yeah so he and he has expelled press spreadsheets spanning over years and he can show you from a 13 year old to an 18 year old hundreds of kids spin rates and velocities and movement patterns and and, and who ha- who has that nobody so I think that's important because if, 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 we, if we're going to say, like, for example, even with, with Madison, right, if we're going to say, um, if we're going to say, and I was going to hit, and oh, it's actually still recording. I'm glad because I might want to use this. Like, if we're going to say, um, if we're going to say that, like, you know, your player Madison, for example, has uh, this velo, right, and this is her, now what's her spin rate on that velo? And her, if her right. best pitch is a rise ball, what's the velo of that rise ball and what's the spin rate of that rise ball? Now we know 
that the players that are doing exceptionally well are putting up similar spin rates with velos. Now we know where where a twelve year old needs to needs to want to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because without the data, we don't we we're just eyeballing it. Yes. And we're guessing. Yeah. We're guessing it. We're like because on the hitting side, I already know if you're you're just from forty motion. Like if your if your pelvic speed is too fast, the other segments that follow the pelvis i.e. chest, arm, and back, can't pick up speed and gains. The speed gains can't be efficient enough so that the bat would be fast enough. So the right. pelvic control is, is crucial because if the pelvis is, is, is moving at a certain speed, the chest can pick up on that speed, the arm can pick up on that speed, and then the bat can pick up on that speed. Can, can, you know. so, and then if, if the spine is not stable, 85% or higher, spine stability you're not going to be able to get that, that, that rotational acceleration either. But there's certain things that, I, that all the best hitters are doing that I know what the, this is what's happening. So, like, now i got to get all my other kids to be able to do that because I already yeah. know what the, best, what the best are doing in terms of, like, the biomechanics and the measurements. Right. And that's what I'm hoping to learn from you is come in and work on that 4D motion to really – because pitching is hitting. It, it, is, it, is it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Absolutely, basically, we have to run out land and hit mm-hmm. yeah right yeah 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 yep. so like i mean the, the data and the information that you have is crucial to our pitching as well and i think being able to take the the, the technology and go beyond grading athletes mm-hmm. because yep. it's, it's 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 and it's phenomenal that we can grade them but how do I get my C students to become B students and my B students to become A students? And then how do I get my A students to have sustained success sustain, yeah. and sustained growth or even just stay? And as the levels go up, they grow up and improve. So, and, but, but, uh, but the differences that I'm, that I'm noticing between the pitching and the hitting and I'm finding is that um, pitching is more of a repeatable. We're pitching, we're, we're repeating a movement more, more so. True. And hitting... We're varying movement. Yes. Because you have different locations and different, because the pitcher is going to control the variable. Yeah. So I have to be able to ascertain what are some of the common denominators that I look for in a swing. And then what are some of the things that when path of the bat and plane of the bat has to change, what are the, what are we giving away in return? What's the trade-off? Right. Yep. You know, and that, that's, that's the hard part about making technology work for hitting. Yeah, because it, you know, it, it, it changes all the time. Right. So, so golf, golf is repeatable, right? It makes sense. Pitching, repeatable. Yeah. It makes sense. Hitting doesn't always make sense. It's very, 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 very hard. <laughs> that's when, a when, very, very, very good point. When you look at it like that, and I think that's that's where you know it's, it's very difficult to find people who are like tech nerds and who know the game. So usually, it's they know the game or they know the tech. Right. But to yep. but, but we, we need to have both. We need to have, we need to, we need both. And that's where I'm going more. I know the game and I'm trying to grow more on the tech side. Yeah. And, and I think, like that, yeah, that's where I'm going. And that's, uh-huh. and when you say, when we talk about growth, I mean, that's where there's so much room for growth. And my part of my mission right now is 
is for salt to, to help softball take tech more seriously mm-hmm. because we can get our kids so much better, so much faster. Yeah. Baseball's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. They're at a certain level that I think we need to kind of like, and I think, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're getting there. I, I want us to, but I think it starts, it starts with just the, the conversation we're having is, is, is a start. Yeah. We need to have more conversations and yeah, it needs, it needs sure. to trickle down and people need to beyond like having a sensor on your back is not this, uh, it's not an accessory. It's not like a purse. It's not an accessory. Like it's, a, it's like that. Those numbers matter. <laughs> like to go back and, and look at them. And how those numbers are taught and how it works for them. Right. So yeah. I, 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 I'm just, I'm just excited about all like everything. It's just, it's, this is a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be teaching. It's just a great time. It's just, I'm fired up. Oh, we, we have so much like, and you know, like for 20 years ago, like a lot of it, we were guessing, right? Like it was guessing and we, you know, we were, but, we, but they were good we, guesses. They were good guesses though. We, we were pretty good. We were pretty yeah. good at guessing. We were good guesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still winning. Right, right, right. Guess. You know, we, we can now show them we're not guessing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, right. this is the data. Yeah. But I so. think, you know, it's funny because I was talking to somebody the other night. A, 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 one of my mentees called me last night. She's coaching on, she's coaching on the West Coast. So, so nice. she called me at like midnight. So it was nine o'clock her time. I'm like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just late over there. It's not late over here. <laughs> so, so we're talking and, and I'm like, look, I said, sometimes, you know, you want you you're gonna get this data, and it's gonna tell you how you should be teaching that player differently than you should be teaching that player. Yeah. Because it's gonna give you a profile of how that player needs to move. You don't have time to change that for an 18 year old in college, a 19 year old in college. Correct. You have to you have to be able to work with her within her natural instinctive movement patterns. Yep. And if you yep. can't, they, because the time you're going to try to spend teaching her or reteaching her, she may not be able to perform the way you need her to perform. It's, it's a really risky thing. We're, we're seeing that at the younger level too. Like everybody has their style, but the athlete can't move in that style. Right? right, like we're trying, to, we're trying to put them in a box of like this is how you have to move, right? Versus yeah. like let's see how you move and then try to put the pieces back. Yeah, in, yeah. In so, order. so coaching becomes service. Like, and this is my big thing right now. Coaching is it's literally service. Yeah. Like, how can I help you when they come in? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 like we're like we're waiters and waitresses. How how can, how can I help you? Yeah. Um, um, because I have to find out what you need. So that I can give you what you need, not what I want you to have. I can't. You don't walk into a restaurant and tell you, "I want you to eat this. Sit down. I want you to eat this, <laughs> and you better like it." <laughs> like what is that? That's a, great, that's a great analogy. Because that's, that's what a lot of coaches do. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I don't even like that. I haven't eaten that in my entire life. That's disgusting. It's gross. I eat liver. Right. I eat liver. So let's first find out what they need from us, and there may be some things that we want to change, but we find out what they like. Oh, you yes. like salads? Well we'll, well, well, we'll make you a nice salad, and I'll just add a few things that I think would benefit you in the salad that you already like. Instead of yes. saying, forget the salad, you're going to eat this raw beef. Right, whatever. <laughs> because 
I, I'm the coach and I said so. So coach becomes, so now coach isn't a title anymore. Coach is an action word. Yep. yep. It's, a, it's a verb. And that's what's happening. And I, think, and I think that's, you know, the, the, ma the master coach has to be able to, um, because buy-in is a two-way street. Yes. Buying yeah. buying is a two way street. Buying is not just you buying to me. That's it because I'm the coach and I'm the king. And bowing your heads to the king. All hell, King Coach Rob Cruz. No, it's 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 a um, it's it's a it's a two way street. I'm buying into you when you come in that door. Yeah. And then you're buying into me. I, I learned that lesson big time in Venezuela like because you go in there and you think that we have all the technology and all the knowledge and stuff yep. and I went in there and I learned more from them than I'm pretty sure they did from me they're like no we don't do that we don't do that Kim I'm like okay like and and I, I learned to let them teach me how they did things and then just made some adjustments to the overall part like the small adjustments to help in the game winning stuff they so that, knew how to do the stuff that's leadership yeah but you had to be secure enough to be able to do that yeah they taught me a lot they taught yeah. me a lot like again you know because the biggest thing is they they have players they they just don't have pitching right and you know and then they just don't get to see the the top pitchers in the world enough to be able to right you know, right be good at that because they can swing they can swing it they just don't have enough repetition to, to make that visual connection that's so right? cool. and, and, and and i did i think i think i worked with them on some i think did, did we do vision with venezuela when i, I think so yeah we, we spent so, some yeah. time with the venezuelan team on some vision stuff and i thought that that was helpful but yeah. again to your point you know those were the those were the visual mechanics that we covered stop it those were the visual mechanics that we covered but you still need to get in there because yeah. the best training is being in there Oh, oh no, no. And, and, they, and, they and creating became, the files. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they, and they became good and made it to the Olympics like when they were in their 22 to 25 age, right? Like they, they had got enough experience and they mm -hmm. were able to mentally process better and be able to become better just at bats and, and stuff mm -hmm. and make better decisions as, mm -hmm. and that's just through experience like baseball, right? You know, the, the young players, they make the mistakes and they, they get a chance to learn. And as, you know, the better players are usually that, you know, older set just due to going through it, right? Yep. Yeah. So That's great. Yeah, cool. I'm off to the gym today. All right, we'll go get some work. Get, get your workout in. I'm, I'm, again, I'm just like, so I'm, I'm, about, I'm so fired up. I want to edit this thing right so fast. But I'm going to probably, my goal is to publish it on Sunday morning because I feel like Sunday okay. mornings people wake up. You know, and they might they have they'll have that time. Yeah. Kind of like cool. a kind of like softball church. All right. So I yeah. appreciate I appreciate you. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Cruz, and I'm gonna let you know how you can get 15% off any purchases you make at DiamondKinetics.com, whether it's the DK Swing Tracker. For baseball or softball or the DK pitch tracker for baseball or softball you will get 15% off by using the promo code Rob Cruz that's R-O-B-C-R-E-W-S at checkout 
check out diamondkinetics.com and get your 15% off today.